Hey guys, welcome to Winners and Winners Radio, our college football edition, where Scott Reichel and I take a look at each and every college game, or each and every top 25 college game. We'd be here a while taking a look at every college game, but we try to uh, at least do the top 25. By the way, I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwinners.com, and my partner is... Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't even know when you want me to cut in. Now. Go now. I'm Scott Scott Reichel. You already said my name before. So, yeah. uh, Nice to see everybody. Yeah, there you go. Uh, It's good to have you guys with us. Thanks for joining us. As always, you can tell we are obviously not in studio. Scott and I doing the the Zoom thing. So, we will occasionally uh, stomp on each other. So, all right. Well, we have to do it. Let's take a look and see how everybody did last week and uh, again I at least I at least had a victory I, w- I did not go 0 and three for the second week in a row I went one and two as I had Morehead State took care of business against Presbyteria but my two big boy colleges not so much SMU oh so frustrating to watch that team had a chance to cover at the end couldn't quite get there and had UTSA. Western Kentucky in what may go down in history as one of my worst plays of all time. Under 71. Uh, wait a minute. I just got word they're still scoring, Scott. Uh, UTSA just ran another touchdown. So Brutal. How'd you do? Went two and one. Mm-hmm. I got hosed out of a sweep because South Alabama kicked my ass and I guess saved all of their firepower for the Georgia Southern game the week after. But other than that, ended up going two and one. Uh, ended up winning with Moorhead State as well, uh, which I got a minus 110. And I disagree with you on the Navy-SMU game. I had Navy team total over 20.5 at minus 110, and that also won. So I went 2-1 and one for plus 0.8 units, which means so far on this show, or what, however you want to call the overall record, 11-6-1 and 11, plus 3.87 units. 11, 6, and 1. Nicely done. Again, I am 9 and 9 overall. So, what was a game and a half lead is now a game and a half deficit. It changes just that fast, Scott. So, all right. Well, on we go. We are going to take a look at uh, kind of a kind of a light schedule, man. It's not. Uh, oh, by the way, if you are continuing the best betting trend in history, this is the $100 million whale play never fails. It is backing the team that Reichel missed on the week before. Correct? That's It really never fails. Sometimes it works for you, but if you see me lose a play, yeah, and it's the, the worse the beat is, the better they do the following week. South Al- South Alabama minus three, no good, no good, no good what to you. What a joke. And... Up- how they do? How they do Thursday night, Scott? South Alabama. They played a little better, didn't they? They killed. Uh, they killed Georgia Southern. By the way, you said one and a half. Isn't it two and a half? Let's see. I gained, a, I gained a game on you last week. That's right. It was one and a half. Nine and nine. So yes, you're you're two games ahead in the win column, but three games ahead in the in the all important loss column. Isn't that what they say? Two and a half. So yeah, it is a two and a, it is a two and a half game lead. So well, I keep I keep tabs. I'll, I'm keeping uh, tabs on this. I'll make. I'll. Uh, I'll. I'll fix that this weekend. We'll be. Cool. We'll be all square. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not going to be all square until I push. It's going to be so. tough for a square. You need me to push on one of these. Well, or I need to push. Uh. So, all right, let's do it. Let's uh, take a look. Of course, the uh, number twenty-five school. We'll be running into them a little bit later. So we're going to start off with a Friday game, Scott. It's a uh, San Diego State Aztecs. As they travel to San Jose State, the uh, last year's darlings of the Mountain West Conference, San Diego State, they are nine and a half point favorites, and the total is—I'm sorry, Scott—it says here forty-one and a half. That is that is that right? That might have been the first half total in the UTSA game. <laughs> forty-one and a half is the positively uh, low number there. Well, my friend, I cannot fade the San Diego State Aztecs. They do their thing. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about trying to cover almost a double-digit spread on the road on Friday night in a game where the total is 41 and a half. Man, if that's not red flags, that's a new thing on Twitter, right, Scott? You see red flags everywhere. Uh, gambling Twitter makes up new type of emojis to use all the time. Well, this is a, this is a serious red flag. I'm going to run right through them, Scott, just like the Yankees run through the non-existent stop signs from the third base coach. 
I'm going to run right through the red flags and back San Diego State in this one. And, of course, I'm going to thread that needle. You know what? No, I'm not. I think they're going to blow up, Scott. I'm going to take the over. Okay. So, yesterday I liked San Diego State, or last night. But I looked more into it, and I will acknowledge that San Jose State has not played a home game in a while. Mm -hmm. So, I do think the home crowd will provide a bit of a spark. Having said that, this team stinks. So, I'm still taking San Diego State. Okay. Wow, you really you, you kind of threw me a curve there. I thought you you gave us a bit of the old okie doke. I did because I'm looking through San Jose State and the offense against actual D1 teams. I'm not including New Mexico State because that barely counts. Right, scored 14 against Colorado State. Scored three against Western Michigan. I know Western Michigan's a decent team in the MAC, not defensively, and only scored uh, 17 points against Hawaii. That's not very good. So I think San Diego State's defense will have something for them. Meanwhile, defensively. They gave up 32 points last week to Colorado State. I'll take San Diego State in that one. Yep, yep, I'm with you. Um, th- and I agree with the over. All right. I just think that total's a little too low. San Jose State just needs uh, somebody playing quarterback not named Nick. Yep. Because uh, Nick Starkle hasn't been good. And Nash isn't good either. And Nick Nash is uh, is not good either. And, and mm-hmm. as, of, as of this recording right now on Friday afternoon, we still do not know the status of Nick Starkle. I'm going to assume Nash. You? Yes, I'm. I agree. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Nash, which uh, reinforces that uh, play. He can. For me he can run more. a little bit though, so maybe they'll work something. He can be there. running for his life. Uh, number twenty-three, SMU has the week off, so we're going to move on to number twenty-two, North Carolina State minus what twenty-four. What about twenty-four? What's that? San Diego. That- San Diego State was twenty-four. And who's twenty-five? We'll see them later, Scott. It's a surprise. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Fair enough. Like you don't even listen to the show. I, I, the thing is, usually the grid that I use is actually kind of down right now, uh-huh. so I'm kind of scrambling at the last minute okay. to find another board. But I found one. All right, good. We ready cool. now? Yeah, let's go. Terrific. NC State minus three over Boston College. Boston College is the home team there, Scott. Fifty-two and a half is the number. Well, is North Carolina State going to continue their rise upward, or are they going to be like so many teams as they make their appearance in the top 25 only to look around and go, oh, we have no business being here, and then dump the game? What say you? I'm going with NC State, mostly because of the fact that before the season started, I said this was a top 25 team, and that they were going to be ranked pretty much from the majority of the season, and that's exactly what happened. By the way, kids, always fit your current handicaps to make sure it, it uh, continues the narrative of whatever you said in preseason. So. Pretty much. But the way that I'm looking at it is that Boston College, I think, is an okay team. I still think the backup quarterback is still a downgrade. I think Leary's the better quarterback in this spot. Boston College's defense was supposed to be this very, very solid unit. I'd say it's been mediocre up to this point. I think it's fine, but I think NC State's defense is a little bit better. I'm going to go ahead and take NC State. All right. Very it's good. a little interesting, though, because both these teams enter off a bye, which you don't really see that often. No. No, you don't. You know, we, In fact, I think we've got that. Do we have that coming up later, or was that one of the games? I can't remember. Usually you have one team with a bye, but both teams had an extra week of prep here, so they cancel each other out. I just think NC State's the better overall team, so I'll go with NC State. All right. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm you, can gonna... go you can go with the home dog. Of I, course, it's tempting in prime time. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Exactly. I, I could tell by the tone of your voice that's where you're going. That's exactly – man, you, you you can't steal my thunder at 22, man. You've, you've got to let me stretch out. Mm-hmm. You know what I like? you got to give me a chance to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take Boston College plus the three at home. As far as the 52-and-a-half goes, I'm going to play the under here. I agree. I, I think that Boston College, especially with the new quarterback, they occasionally try to air it out. Boston College is averaging 186 rushing yards per game. I, I think they're going to try to run the ball. NC State, I think Leary's good, but I will acknowledge that a lot of their passes kind of short to intermediate. They're not exactly a huge play offense. Right. I see a lot of long drives, and we know NC State's field goal kicker almost butchered the game against Clemson, but I do have some question marks about NC State special teams. So I'll go with the under. All right, very good. Number 21, Texas A&M, fresh off a little bit of an upset victory. Man, looking at a looking at a letdown spot here, Scott, as they travel to Columbia, Missouri, in a game that I'm going to, by the way, 
to see the University of Missouri Fighting Tigers uh, take on the Aggies. Aggies nine-point favorites. 59.5 is the total right there. Scott, it's going to be a beautiful day in mid-Missouri. Temperature in the 60s. Sun will be shining. I'm all excited to go. I've got good seats. And there is no way in hell Mizzou stays within two touchdowns of this A&M team. Let down spot or not, the Missouri defense is atrocious. Just dreadful. The offense can score some points, but the defense can stop no one. Give me A&M minus the nine and the over. I agree. Uh, I can't look past this Missouri defense, which has really barely gotten stops. I get that you're at home. You're also at home against Tennessee, and you gave up, what, 62 points? Brutal. Just one of the most disappointing games for, in Missouri football for the last, I would say, five years. Just I also love analyzing coaches, coach quotes after such bad performances because the coach was saying, you know, this is going to define our season. We got to respond, do something. They played North Texas the week after. And they gave up what thirty plus points in that one too. Yeah, and that it, it was garbage time. It's complete. It they were up thirty one seven at halftime. So they still gave up thirty something points to North Texas. I, I understand. Mean, come on, I understand. You're you're because so even your even your backup should be able to shut down North Texas. Um, and it's not a typical North Texas season where they score a bunch of points. That offense has been brutal for the first couple weeks. They've been a, they've been a good under team because they're <laughs> because they still have the perception of being that high flying offense. So there's been some and they good, can't throw. And there's been some good numbers on North Texas, and they can't throw. So, yeah, I got and you got the over there as well. I have to. Yeah. I said – I don't remember if it was the overnight video or radio show we did or just in general. I straight up said Missouri has to be a blind over team. It's them in Western Kentucky. Yeah. Or if their total's not in, like, the mid to high 60s or 70s, you got to look at the over. Yeah, they're the opposite of Clemson. No no, no offense, great defense. Missouri is the polar opposite of that. Great, great offense. Or, you know, above average offense. And they go up tempo. And they go up tempo. And, you know, of course, that's Eli Drinkwitz. They're coming from App State. So, Mm -hmm. yep. Anyway, moving on. Number 20, Florida. Another SEC battle. They're 11-point road favorites. Heading to Baton Rouge. Red stick is what that means, by the way, Scott. Heading to LSU to take on the Tigers. Not a not a traditional night game for Go Tiger Nation, as this one's going to kick off in the afternoon. Go Tigers. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, Gators, 11-point favorites over the homestanding Tigres. I'm going to play the underdog here, Scott. I think that's just a few too many points. LSU, they've got issues. I think this is Ed Orgeron's final stretch as head coach for the LSU Tigers. I think he's going to be gone after this season but for uh, for some reason i just have a feeling they respond and play at least better football and keep it within 11 of the gates you so you're more optimistic than i am the way that i'm looking at this matchup is the fact that florida is averaging 273 rushing yards per game which of course is insanely good especially for a non-triple option team lsu lost by 21 to kentucky last week the jarring stat they gave up 330 rushing yards to Kentucky. I think Florida's going to run it down their throats. So I'm looking at Florida, and I know that you were talking about Orgeron, now he won a title. You think he's done after the year. I think he should be done it uh, after the year because he might be arguably the worst head coach to ever win a title. Mm. He has done an awful job this year, and the team isn't very good. I don't know how you're supposed to respond. You return home. Your team's one and two in conference play. You can't get a stop defensively. And Florida's defense, I think, is decent. I just expect them to run it down LSU's throats. I don't know how LSU's supposed to circle the wagons when the team's been getting embarrassed in conference play. LSU could finish the season and not make a bowl game. I think that's where this team currently stands. I'm going with Florida. I think they'll win by two touchdowns. All right. And as far as the total goes... Uh, it's tough. Uh, what do you say the number was again? 59. I'm going to lean to the over, but I feel a lot better about the side. All right. I think Max Johnson's decent enough to score a couple of touchdowns against his Florida defense. Number 19, BYU taking on previously ranked Baylor. See, there was another team that made a little brief appearance, stuck their head up in the top 25, and then said, oh, no, we don't belong here. That was one of the only Big 12 teams that were ranked at any point. 
Uh, K State was actually ranked. They yes, again, they were again. They go they gophered it about week week three or four. In their defense, they were underdogs to Oklahoma State by like six, and that's why they weren't ranked because Oklahoma State killed them. Yep, yep, that's absolutely true. Uh, Baylor six and a half point home favorites, and fifty and a half is the number. Scott, it's time to trot out one of your trends that you like to play. And that is the unranked home team that's favorited over the ranked visitor. You going to play it here? I think I have to, right? This line does seem pretty tall, but this does look like a trap line to me because BYU, I don't know if they no-showed against Boise. Hall ended up playing because they didn't even have an excuse built in with a backup quarterback, whatever. BYU, it seems like it's the team that always does well early on against, let's just say, mediocre to decent competition. But they are so much better in Provo than they are in the highway. Baylor, we've seen at home, beat Iowa State. I know Iowa State might not be that great, but they were a preseason top 10 team. I'm going to go with Baylor. I think they'll look good at home. You? You know, I just don't know what we have with this Baylor team. It's a it's a squad. Yeah, they did. They somehow managed to put up 31 points on Iowa State with a picking up just 282 yards of total offense. I, I don't know exactly how that worked. They had... They had Two weeks in a row where they didn't top 290 yards of total offense against Iowa State and Oklahoma State. And of course, they got well against West Virginia. Congratulations. I think West Virginia, not dreadful. But BYU, you talk about a team that just kind of fell off the cliff, or for the first time, they were challenged, Scott. They had a nice they had nice victories over Arizona State and Utah to start the year. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how good either one of those teams are. Oh, yeah, Utah fell off a cliff. I think Arizona State's actually pretty good. Yeah, I think Arizona State's going to be a bowl team. I don't. I don't think. Do you think they're going to be in the Big Twelve title game? You think they're going to represent the South? Oh, you mean the Pac-12 title? I game? mean the Pac-12, not the Big Twelve. Yeah, Pac-12. Uh they could be because the Pac-12 stinks. So I don't know. It's a that's kind of a qualifying statement. Okay. All right. The well, conference is awful. So maybe. All right. You know, you've got you're going to take Baylor here. I'm going to go with the trend just because BYU, I know for a fact, they're a long way from Provo. I'll go with Baylor. You? The Mormons versus the Baptists right here, Scott. It's going to be it's going to be quite a, a battle for the Rock of Ages, if you will. Well, they're on land and not water, so that's got to benefit the Mormons, don't you think? Yeah, you got to think. You got to think so. Um yeah, I'll you know what I'll play your goofy ass trend. I'll I'll play Baylor there. I, that line just looks just like the Oklahoma State Kansas State game where you go. It's not not only are they favored, it's not even close. Yeah. They're favored by almost a touchdown. Yeah. I'm going to assume that BYU is the trap play. I'll go with Baylor. All right, and with this lack of offense from the Baylor Bears, I've got to play the under here. I I'm going to I'm going to say I like the under better than I do the side. Yeah, I agree. The thing about Baylor is that this team is extremely balanced. They're averaging 233 passing yards per game and 228 rushing yards per game. So this team is pretty versatile. And BYU, I do think, besides Algier, Hall wasn't great last week. I do wonder if he got rushed back from the rib injury. So he might be playing less than 100%. But Baylor in McLean Stadium, usually pretty good in Waco. I'll go with Baylor. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I want to mention something here because that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good example of a junk stat that you just threw out there about Baylor's rushing yards because seven. There's outliers with there with seven hundred and twenty six of those yards came in two games against Kansas and Texas Southern. Um, in the other in the other three games, they've put up uh, just about four hundred yards. So against real competition they're averaging somewhere closer to a buck 30 buck 40 so okay. this point is there's still some balance involved there is there is they don't do either one particularly well I, I agree they are pretty well balanced so uh we both got Baylor and we both got the under 50 and the hook now hey speaking of speaking of those two teams we were just bad mouthing and here they jump up like a bad penny it's Arizona State number 18 in the land this year this week uh, I feel like Casey Kasem sometimes. And now we're going to take a look at number 18. It's long-distance dedication. They're going to play the Utah Utes. Scott, I'm sorry. Did you say Utes? That's right, the Utes. As Arizona State, like I said, one-point road favorite. 50 and a half is the number. It's the Disappointment Bowl, Scott. Which of these teams is going to be less disappointing on a Saturday? I was going to say, I don't know if Arizona State's a disappointment they've actually impressed me this year because we thought they would fall on their face and we both well i thought they'd lose to byu arizona state's still five and one they beat 
UCLA by 19 on the road. They took care of Stanford, uh, which I thought in a pretty impressive fashion there. Utah, they beat a USC team, which is in the middle of an extremely tumultuous season. They beat Washington State, who I don't think is very good. The issue with Utah is I don't really know how good Rising is. I think he's an okay quarterback, but he was the original backup because Brewer left the program. I think Daniels actually has looked pretty good this year, even though I was roasting him before the season started. I'm going with Arizona State. I just think that this team's going to run the ball pretty well. This team's balanced, and I do have question marks about Utah really just battling up front with this Arizona State team, which is actually good in the trenches from what I've noticed so far this season. Yeah, they're uh, you know I I know it is kind of it is kind of our thing to to roast Arizona State and it's not even just roasting Arizona State it's roasting the entire Pac-12. This well, is one of the conferences where you really don't know what the hell is going to happen any given game. Right. But looking at just what I've seen on paper and through the eye test, I'm looking at Arizona State because I just think they're the better team. Well, you know, and sometimes it's hard to it's hard to keep track of actually losing games versus getting beat on the spread. Mm-hmm. Because you know it's a it's a it's an Arizona State team that I I had against uh, against UNLV and they covered three in a row though right they didn't take care of business and they have covered three in a row in Pac-12 competition so they've been much better against the number in conference play I think they're just I think they're just the superior team right here um, Utah, yeah. Utah jumped up against USC that was the surprise of the season but they'd been pretty much disappointing before that drop into Washington State like you said or failing to cover against Washington State and then losing out right to BYU and SDSU i'm with you i'm on the sun diablos here as far as the total goes that's a little trickier for me um i just you know this i think this Arizona State defense is probably better than people give it credit for Mm-hmm. I will take it. I will take another. It's going to be the death of me, Scott. I'm taking too many, but I'm going to in college football. You can never, you always have to worry, but I'm going to take the under there. I'm looking at the under too. Okay. I think rising's numbers are good, but USC's defense has been underwhelming this season. They only scored 24 against Washington state, which I think is concerning because that defense isn't very good in Pullman, but Arizona state, we know what they want to do. They want to run the ball. And we know that Kyle Whittingham also doesn't mind running the ball. So I expect a lot of running clock. I see a close game. I see this game landing in the 40s. I see something on the lines of 24-20. Yeah, that sounds that sounds legit. Maybe you maybe even yeah, 24-17, something like that. Yeah. All right. Moving on. I'm going to take a look at number 17, Arkansas, as they host Auburn. War Eagle, baby. Uh Arkansas is a four-point home favorite down there in Fayetteville, 53 and a half is the total. Scott, that was a pretty, pretty, pretty good football game last week between Arkansas and Ole Miss, eh? Uh, well, if you're a defensive guy, you hated it, but I had a great time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You went for two points there at the end. I know you enjoyed that. Terrible play call, but... Awful play call, right decision. Everything everything worked out for the Ole Miss Rebs. So now Arkansas, Scott, they come home and they play uh, Auburn. (sighs) Auburn, you know what? The defense playing pretty well. I just don't know about Bo Nix. Have I mentioned that I don't really like Bo Nix as a quarterback? Well, we do know about Bo Nix. The point is that we know he's a roller coaster. Whee! Yes. That's that's basically it. We've never been a fan of him. I called him a poor man, Sam Ellinger. And you said that might be harsh to Ellinger. So I know you're really down on him. But he's the kind of guy who has one highlight play, for example, the LSU game. But you'll watch the rest of the game and you'll realize that half the time he looks at one read. And then if it's not there, he'll panic run. Yeah. That's kind of what he does all the time. I'm going Arkansas because I'm not going to roast this team for going toe-to-toe with one of the best offenses in the SEC. They were almost – they almost pulled it off on the road – and I still think this Arkansas defense is pretty good. Am I going to overreact to them losing handily to Georgia? No, because everyone's lost handily to Georgia. So I still like this Arkansas team. They're gritty. I like Jefferson at quarterback. And I just think that Pittman is the better coach in this spot. I'm taking Arkansas. All right. You know, it's it's really hard for me to take Auburn here. I, I worry about a letdown spot for Arkansas after that after that disappointing loss. 
because you know they're they're going to first and foremost they're they're going to want to run the football, and I just don't know how much success they're going to have against an Auburn defense that has been pretty good against the run, with the exception of every team in Georgia. Georgia State beat them up, and Georgia also was able to run the football. Of course, Georgia State they're going to run the football on everybody. So see, see the thing is, I'm looking at Auburn and. The thing is, they've beaten the teams they should beat, but they've had two step-up games. I'm not sure if Penn State's better than Arkansas. I think it's close. Mm-hmm. Georgia's the best team in the country, but still, Auburn hasn't really showcased their talent in step-up games, and I consider this a step-up game on yes. the road against a ranked team. I'll go with the ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. I have to. I absolutely have to. I've, I've, I've done well by fading Auburn, and I'm going to continue to do that. I think there's going to be some. I think they're going to be running the football here, Scott. I don't see the Auburn offense contributing much. Again, I'm going to play the under. I'm looking at the under. I feel like people are going to slam the over just by thinking of the Old Miss game. That is solely a product of Old Miss. Oh yeah, yeah. So the- I'm going to throw that out. Arkansas against A&M was extremely low scoring. Against Georgia, they didn't score. Uh, you're looking at Texas, who plays up tempo. Georgia Southern is an awful defense that scored 45. So against a decent defense or an even above average defense like Auburn, I do think Arkansas will be limited to maybe 28 points, which I think is enough to cover the spread, yep. but also not enough to send the game over. Yep. So I'll go with the under in this one as well. Yeah, it's, just, it's the same way that you can say this team that gave up 52 points last week has a pretty good defense. Yeah, I you see 28-20. Okay. All right, so now we've got a little run of uh, bye weeks as Wake Forest, Coastal, and Notre Dame all have the Hey, week. undefeated Wake. All Put have, some respect on the Demon Deacons. Uh, undefeated Wake, undefeated Coastal Carolina right there. So we move on to Ole Miss. Speak of the devil, and the devil jumps up. They travel to Rocky Top, Scott. Ole Miss, two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Orange. There's only one number that's worth talking about in this matchup. Is it 82 and a half? <laughs> that's the number that's worth talking about. Yeah, it's 82 and a half. It's even 83 in some spots. 82 and a half or 83 is the total. First things first, Ole Miss, Scott, quite the offense, eh? Uh, except against Bama, but yes. Um, so my question for you, what can Tennessee do to stop them? It's a great question. Uh... I don't know, Arkansas's defense is better, and they had no answers. Ole Miss is really good offensively. Defensively, they're useless. But Tennessee, I know in the beginning of the year, uh, I thought that Hooker was the better quarterback than Milton. Then Milton got injured, and Hooker's completely taken over this offense, and they've actually looked really good. The thing is, Tennessee likes to go up tempo. Ole Miss likes to go up tempo. I like the over. I'm not taking the under. I was calling for a game... That kind of reminded me of the old Big 12 games, old as in a couple years ago, but the Kyle Murray, Oklahoma teams against like the Will Greer, West Virginia teams, right? Where the total's 85 and it's 100 points with five minutes to go in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. It's one of those. I think one of these teams again to 50. So I'm not taking the under. I, I think you'll see this game get into the 90s. Of course, it's extremely attractive to look at the under because if one thing goes wrong, you're in good shape. I don't even give a damn. Ole Miss is just too fun. I'm going to take the over. All right. I'm assuming you like the under. You know, my brain tells me that that's what I should be playing. But your heart wants to see points. I know this Josh Heupel offense, man. You know, I, I we all know what Ole Miss does. But this Tennessee offense, man, when they get right... When when they get going downhill, they are hard to stop if you have the right personnel. And it looks like he might finally be figuring it out as far as the personnel goes. I'm with you. I've got to play this ridiculous over, and I've actually got it now at 81, and that's the number I'm going to take. Okay. So uh, it is available offshore at 81 at the book that shall not be named, but uh, you can find it if you're listening to us out of the U.S. and can make those bets legally, of course. The thing is, do you think both these teams can get to forty? I think the answer is yes. So and, I can't and then they can, the and, and then they'll play the second half. Pretty much, but I'm looking at the over. I like Ole Miss. I think Tennessee's offense is good. 
as much as I like Hooker's ground attack as a quarterback, I think his arm talent still leaves a bit to be desired. I just think Corral's a ridiculous quarterback in college who's in a perfect system. I really think Ole Miss will get maybe one more stop than Tennessee and win the defensive battle one nothing. So I'll go with Ole Miss to win this game by like seven. Yep, I've got I've got that too. I think they get I think Tennessee shoots himself in the foot. I was going to say, I think Ole Miss gets one more stop. That may not necessarily be That's true. That's what I was saying, one, one nothing in the stop department. Yep, and uh, first team to punt loses. And you know Ole Miss is going for it on fourth downs. Number 12, Oklahoma State. Number 25, Texas. See, there they are, Scott. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to know, does your, play, does your theory come into play here? Because Texas is the no. lower-ranked team, and they are a five-point favorite with 60 being the total. It doesn't apply, but I like Texas anyway. Yeah. But we're talking about a situation where you mentioned Arkansas and how they might have a letdown following the brutal loss. How is Texas supposed to respond to this? I mean, you had Oklahoma on the ropes. You didn't even have them on the ropes. They were, it was, they were dead to rights, and you let them off the hook. Yeah. Are you, I don't know how you're supposed to respond to that, but Oklahoma State offensively, not great. Nope. So I think that Robinson will go nuts in the ground game. I think that Worthy's a great receiver. They just have a lot of weapons, and I think the home crowd will be into it. I'm going to go with Texas because Oklahoma State might be a good defensive team, which you're not really used to saying with a Gundy team, but I'm not a fan of Saunders as a quarterback. I like Warren as a running back, but I really don't think they're going to be able to score enough to keep up with Texas. I think I think this is this week's – winner of the most overrated team is or overranked team is the Oklahoma State Oklahoma Cowboys. State? Yeah. yeah. I think Texas is a lot closer to twelve than Oklahoma State is. And I think I think at the end of the year they will they'll be there. I've got I've got Texas in this one. I know I know it's a, a, a spot coming off a disappointing game, but they also know that their season is kind of on the line here. This is a an, an opportunity for a big statement win. So I like Texas minus five. I will also play the under in this one, I think Oklahoma State's going to want to keep it on the ground, keep it out of the Texas offense hands. So we're going to, I'm going to play the under there. What do you got? I'm torn on the total because it depends if Sarkeesian actually realized your best chance of winning the game is to give Robinson 30 plus carries. Right. And it seems like he's just reluctant to do that for no reason because Robinson is arguably the best running back in all of college football and you barely fed him in the second half when you were leading by double digits for most of the second half. I didn't understand it. Made it, no damn sense. But I got to like the under because I just think Oklahoma State's a solid under team this season. Michigan State on the road heading to Indiana. Michigan State ranked number 10. They are a five-point road favorite. 48 and a half is the number. Wow, Scott, how many years ago does it seem like when we thought Indiana was going to make noise there in the Big Ten behind what, Whatever Michael, year you Penix thought it was, Penix, Penix was still the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and he's turned out to be not great. I know we talked about it doing our preview show that, you know, we, we I don't think we were as down on Penix as, as he's played this year, but we I don't think we were putting him on that elite level that some were. We knew that he was a turnover machine in disguise. Right, yep, and that's the way it's worked out. Michigan State, one of the more surprising teams, Scott, ranked number 10 this season. You'd have to say that wasn't expected, right? I was surprised early on, but I did jump on relatively early with this team because I was such a big fan of Kenneth Walker, who's been insane this year. Mm -hmm. But I was on them for the Miami game, so I had the plus points there. I had the money line. I've been riding them ever since. They're a solid football team. Yeah, that that was a good play. We had We had them there for my premium subscribers as well. They've been a, an offensive machine behind Walker, averaging almost 37 points a game. Also, Naylor, who had three touchdowns and like 200 yards against Rutgers last game. Yep, yep. Um, great team. Again, they've been undervalued all season. The uh, The odds are starting to catch up with them a little bit, but I still like their feel still lagging lagging behind because they're 5-1 they're and one to the against the spread this year. Well, Indiana, Scott, we all know their story. They were overrated, especially early in the season, overrated and overpriced. And they have lost three straight to the number, going one and four on the season. Uh, Michigan State has been really, really good to me, and I think to you as well. And uh, they've played well on the road. They've had they've had a 21-point victory over Miami on the road as a seven-point chalk, and they've also... Uh, one at Rutgers by 18 as they were laying 
four. So, again, good road team. Don't worry about that part of it. I'll take Michigan State minus the five. So this one I'm torn with because the spread makes no sense. You're looking at a team that's 6-0 and against a team that's 2-3 and and an Indiana team that has really not looked good in conference play. No. They played two conference games, lost 24 to nothing to Penn State, and lost 34 to 6 to Iowa. Now both those games were road games, but still Indiana has not really looked too sharp. Don't you think this spread does seem a little bit low? Yes. Yes, it does. It does. So you're saying you're worried about it because when I it think it's se- an okie doke. When it seems to too good to be true, it often is. I think it might be an okie doke here because yep. we're looking at the actual resumes of these teams. Michigan State should be favored by about a touchdown. And that might be even light if you just want to look at the resumes. This might be my shocking call based on the lines that make no sense. I think Indiana might be live in this game. Okay. All right. That's it. I'm going with Indiana. That's a a solid strategy. When you see a number like that that makes no sense, you you definitely have to do a double take and do a little bit more investigation. I'm going to go with the theory that – this is an Indiana team that has just been overvalued, and that continues. I think you're going to say it's not very good. And well, no, they're wrong either. They're not. They 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 struggled against Western Kentucky. They had absolutely nothing for Penn State. They had almost nothing for Cincinnati. And they were actually doing decently in the first half of that game, and then Cincinnati killed them in the second half. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they they woke up. They actually had the lead at halftime because I did have since I had Cincinnati yeah. to cover there. But I know Michigan State's the better team. I just think that. For some reason, maybe this is just a certain sensor going off in my head. You know, I occasionally like to look for an underdog or two on sure. the show. Absolutely. Say a money line play that might be sneaky for a parlay. Mm-hmm. I think Indiana's alive. Well, Indiana has done fairly well against the run. They held uh, Cincinnati 3.3 yards per carry, 4.4 against Iowa, not dreadful. So they have had a decent amount of success defending the running attack, and that's what you have to look like, look at when you're playing this Michigan State team. Michigan State's been pretty stout on defense, especially against the run. I, I just don't see it. Against I, the pass, though, they're giving up over 300 passing yards per game. Yep, that's true. If they, if Indiana can keep Penix healthy, and if he can keep him upright, they've, also, they've got a shot. Also, if he doesn't throw any interceptions. Well, that's just almost a given that he will. I'm I'm going to go with the over here. I think uh, I think Indiana will be forced to throw, and I think they'll be, uh, they'll be scrambling to catch up and – and start throwing the ball, which will lead to touchdowns and interceptions and probably one bad turnover deep in their own territory. Give me the over 48 and a half. I like the over two. Indiana's only averaging 122 rushing yards per game. So against this awful pass defense that Michigan State has, I do think Penix is going to let it rip for better or worse. And Michigan State's offense is pretty good. I do think one of these teams could get into the 30s, so I'll take the over. All right, solid. And this is a game tonight, Scott, as the Cal Bears travel to Eugene to take on the Ducks. Ducks 13.5-point favorites. 54 is the number. We won't spend a ton of time on this because not everybody will have downloaded this and checked it out by the time the game is played, but we'll just go real fast. What do you like here, Scott? Who would win in a fight, a bear or a duck? I'll take the bear. I just think it's too many points, yeah. all things being considered. Oregon's fine, but California, I think, is no, a consistently mediocre Pac-12 team, but they're not, a team that won't exactly beat themselves. Yep, They're willing to just stay the course, and Oregon defensively with Thibodeau really being a non-factor and having injuries this season. Plus, he's out, plus he's out the first half. They're also missing the offensive coordinator again, which isn't exactly ideal. Right. I think California keeps it close. I think it's a low-scoring game. Give me the under in California. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm absolutely with you. This is I think a, Oregon wins, but I think it'll be like 10. There's a couple monster trends here if you believe in that sort of thing. Um, Cal is 11-1 and one against the spread. Their last 12 games is a road dog. While Oregon is 0-7. Their last seven is a favorite. So I heard Garber started all 12 of those games. <laughs> I believe that's true. Been around for 40 years. Oh, my God. Um I'm take the I'm gonna play the under fifty four and a half. What do you got for the total? Under. Okay. If California wants to keep the close, they gotta run the ball. Yep. Absolutely absolutely true. And of course you do you do run in trouble there with a couple bad breaks if they get down. Uh then you know, it could you could have trouble with that total, but I'm gonna play it. You as do, well. but I think Cal's gonna try to stay balanced, milk the clock. They're not exactly an up tempo team. Yep, agreed. All right, and now we've got three teams in a row off again. We've got Michigan number eight, 
Number seven, Penn State. Number six, Ohio State. Anybody in the Big Twelve? Anybody in the Big Ten playing this week besides Indiana? Michigan uh, you State. Got Wisconsin playing Army with a total of thirty-eight and a half. Army training. Number five. Ooh, number five, Alabama. I, I, every time, every time somebody says that, uh, Nick Nick Staven gets a, a stabbing pain right in the neck right here. Seventeen-point mm-hmm. road favorites against M I S S I S S I P P I State. Scott the. Bulldogs are getting an angry, bitter Alabama team. You know, I know, I know where you want this. You want Alabama minus the 17. You think this is a huge retribution spot, right? A, a huge, uh, angry uh, tide spot. Uh, false, because I gave it earlier this week. I wanted 16 and a half, and I got it. So, yeah, I got Bama. But I got a better number than the number that's available now, which I, is why I gave it out early. All right, but for the show, it's I'm seven, still taking Bama. It's seventeen. Right. I know that Mississippi State had a buy. Do I even care? I mean, you're looking at Mississippi State. Who exactly have they beaten? I know they beat A and M, solid win. I do question if that's a look at spot for A and M because they had Bama on deck, so we can talk about that. But they barely beat Louisiana Tech. Gave up a ton of points in that game. They lost to Memphis. They just aren't very good. And I know that the offense has looked better with Rodgers and Leach's second year there. But if they only pass the ball and they don't run at all, I got to assume Saban's going to have some game plan in place. Because last year, I believe Mississippi State did not score. I believe they lost 42-0 last year. That was a brutal brutal defeat last year. And Mississippi State, the defense is better than people give it credit for. But... I still like what I saw last week from Bryce Young. I thought he looked pretty good. The red zone interception wasn't ideal, but they got Robinson in the ground game. They got Young. We know that athletically, the recruiting classes aren't even close. Like A&M's a top 10 recruiting class every year. Mississippi State's usually hovering around 30. I just think Bama's got better athletes at every position. I'll take Bama. All right. I'm going to go the other way. I'm, ta- okay. I'm, take- I'm taking Mississippi State in this one. This- I think 17 is a good number. I just think Bama, don't you think they might be a little bit incentivized to run up the score a little bit in the fourth quarter? If they, if they can. Maybe. I don't know. This is a team that just tends to play with its food in the second half. I wouldn't, I expect- I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they have a uh, larger than 17-point lead at some point in this game. Yeah, that but, would not surprise me either. No, that's, you know, that they need to make bets for that, Scott, as opposed to the finishing. They need to make a bet for the biggest number that you've led by in the game. I, w- I wouldn't be interested. You mean in for individual it. teams or in general? Because I have seen largest lead props available, but not for individual teams. Well, I'm talking about, yeah, the largest, the, what's the largest lead Bama will have? Okay. So I would definitely be interested in playing If I had that. to set the line on that, I'd say 20. Four and a half. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you would you would say a little bit high. I would say twenty one and a half. But I think that I'm trying to think of how the bookmakers would price it. I think they would dare you to take the under with a Bama lead of twenty four and a half. Now, granted, I do worry about this Mississippi State team that throws the ball because the last team from Mississippi that throws the ball a lot uh, played Alabama and it didn't work out so well. So I get that, but I think Mississippi State's got a better defense. I think that's I think that's okay. the difference. Um, I'm in, in keeping with the Mississippi State pick. I don't think they win it. I don't think they win a slugfest. I think they're going to have to score a ton of points to get close. I'm going to take the over 57 and a half. Uh, I'm I'm really torn on this one because I really think Bama, after such a terrible showing against Calzada last week, I do think Saban's going to have a better defensive game plan here. Okay. Ah, uh, boy. I'm going to hold my nose and take the under. All right. I, already had I think I think Bama holds them to about seventeen. I had you written down. You were you you were the only one that didn't know what you were taking at that point. Everybody else listening knew exactly where you were headed. So I don't know about that one, but I'll I'll go with the under. Oklahoma is ranked now number four. But who's the quarterback? What what the hell kind of musical chairs is this? Lincoln Riley won't say, Scott. Oh God. Have you have you have you got any any late Friday news? Did you check on the quarterback situation, or is he still being cagey? He's still being cagey, but I said straight up earlier this week: if Rattler's the quarterback, the fan base will riot. So I expect Williams to play a lot. Okay. Do you well, now? Wait a minute. Now you're backing off a little bit because you said Williams was 100% going to be the starter earlier. Oh, he is. He's 100% going to be the starter. He's gonna he's gonna play a lot. I said he might not play all the snaps. 
because Oklahoma might run away with this thing. So we'll see. Because I really do think that this team's different with a new face at quarterback. But what do you think? I think TCU is not bad, but I watched that defense get torched by SMU. I do have some doubts. TCU is not a good football team. No. They're not awful, but Patterson's had much better teams in the past. Well, the surprising part is how bad the defense is. That's what I'm saying. I I watched SMU, who I don't want to say plays similarly to Oklahoma because we haven't really seen them when it's a close game with Williams because he came in when they were down double digits and they threw the ball around the parking lot. But everyone in SMU was wide open for the entire game. I expect that I expect Oklahoma's receivers to be open throughout the entire game too. Yeah, that's 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 kind of stunning to me that this Patterson defense is is so bad. They give up they give up over two hundred yards a game on the ground and you know, they give up two twenty three passing. That's not awful, but I think it's one of those situations where if you don't have to run, I mean if you don't have to pass, why would you? If you can just run the ball down their throats at five point two yards per carry. And Brooks is a very good running back. Yes, um, I've got, I've I've got all kinds of Oklahoma here. I've I've got Oklahoma big. I can't say that Williams isn't going to provide a spark and then take TCU later on in the week. I have to go with Oklahoma. It's a spark. It's just not a very big spark. Yeah, I'm going with Oklahoma, but I like the over. Yeah, I think this I think this number has been kept down by the fact that TCU ran Texas Tech. Out of the out of the building last week, but you have to remember Texas Tech also a very bad team. There's I'm sure one. the coach told told uh, Texas Tech's offense he should have scored 55 points. Is this the weakest power Power Five conference from the middle down? It's either them or the Pac-12, man. I mean, it's it or the honestly even the ACC. I guess the middle down now because the ACC is okay at the bottom. It's yeah. the top that's not that great. Right, right. But, it's either the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Truth is, a lot of the Power 5 conferences, which is why we keep talking about Cincinnati, should get into the playoff. Right. The Power 5's really not that good besides the SEC. No, not especially especially if once you get away from the absolute cream of the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Once you get yeah. away from the, the top uh, school or two. Even the Big 10, you've had a couple of, so- of solid teams up top, but you're looking at the middle you got like Wisconsin and you got well, Indiana, Northwestern, and... Minnesota. I think Northwestern's in the basement, to be honest with well, you. Well, I'm just talking about from the middle down. Yeah, they're better than Illinois. I don't know if that's saying. You much, think Northwestern but... is better than Illinois? Actually, that's a fair point. They might not be better than Illinois. Oh, no. Oh, God. No, I think Northwestern's one, of the, bad. one of the worst Power Five schools. They're really bad. I, I think it was force of habit, I said Illinois. Did they play Vanderbilt? But... Did Northwestern play Vanderbilt? Uh, I know Vanderbilt. No, what what terrible team did Vanderbilt play? They oh, they, oh, they played like UMass or something, didn't they? UMass or UConn? Uh, Northwestern killed uh, Ohio thirty five to six. Okay, all right, there you go. That's their only win, right? Uh, they beat in Indiana State FCS school. Okay, Sycamore, eh, Sycamore. They lost to Nebraska 56 to 7. Not so good. it's not exactly a good football. Not game. ideal. Yeah, I got Oklahoma minus 13 and a half. I know you do as well. I like the over. You got to, man. You, you, you just gotta. You just gotta right here. I'll take the over 65 as well. I think Oklahoma might I think Oklahoma's gonna score 40 plus. UCF, Scott, missing a small part of their team. What, the starting quarterback? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a travel. Nice take. win though against East Carolina. Solid defensive performance in that game. Remember when we thought East Carolina wouldn't be terrible? Uh, I like the under on their win total, so I'm still fighting that one out. But if the, if Marshall didn't blow that 17 point lead in the fourth quarter, I'd be golden. Unbelievable. But now I'm sweating it out a little bit. Cincinnati, 21 point favorite here, Scott. I'm I'm not taking UCF. I can't. I know that going into the season. People thought this was going to be the game in the AAC. We've talked about UCF's backup quarterback. We know that East Carolina offensively, pretty good with Ehlers. Defensively, that team stinks. UCF could not move the ball. I got to take Cincinnati. What, they win by 50 against Temple? Cincinnati, if they are actually serious about a playoff, they need to win every conference game by at least 35 against the non-ranked teams. I think they're going to bury UCF here. I think Gabriel was the equalizer or even keeping it close. He's not there. UCF can't really throw. The defense we know struggles against good competition usually. 
I just think Cincinnati's going to bury this team. You? You know, I think they might take their foot off the gas late. That's I hope they don't. I hope they go pedal to the metal. Because they, but de- I, I do think you could be right. There's no, and they they should be able to focus on this game, and that's the part that worries me. There's no, there's no look ahead for Cincinnati. They've got a game against SMU that's not coming until right before Thanksgiving. Other than that, it's a walk in the park, man. They've got Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, South Florida for their next four games. So pack your bags. Yeah, this is this is the game they're going to be focused on. If there was going to be a look ahead, it'd have been last week against Temple if they got ready for UCF. But without Gabriel, like you said, this is an entirely different UCF team. Having said that, I think they keep it at least marginally close. Uh, well, that means you like the under because there's no way you think UCF's actually going to move. Not going to not going to win a shootout. No, that is not possible. Yes, that has that has to be correlated there. Um, and you're going to take Cincinnati minus the. I've still got it at 21. Do you see 21 anywhere? I, I'm looking at 21 and a half. Do you see? I see mostly 21 and a half, but once again, my grade is non-existent. So I'm trying to. Oh, okay. Fly. All right. Uh, uh, but I'm looking at the under as well. Uh, I do think that UCF's going to struggle offensively. I think Cincinnati will not, but I could really see this game finishing like 42 to 13. I think it could be one way traffic. Okay. Number two, Iowa. Hosting the Boilermakers of Purdue, Iowa 12-point favorites, 43-and-a-half is the total. Scott, Purdue is one of those teams. It's the quintessential, you know, they're not that bad. Are they, Scott? Well, it's a really weird situation because it's kind of like what we talked about earlier this season, or not earlier this video, with North Texas. Now, of course, not the same skill level at all, but the perception is that Purdue plays a lot of high-scoring games because that's what they've been doing for the last couple of years. This year, the offense isn't very good, and the defense is really good. I'm not exactly sure how that happened, but that's what we're dealing with with Purdue. Right. So I like the under, just to talk about my favorite play on this game. I know the total's 43. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn. Purdue's been in some really low-scoring games, and we know Iowa's defense is absolutely filthy. Give me the under. I've got to, I've got to go along with you. This is a like you said a Purdue defense that's uh, given up less than twenty points a game, about nineteen nineteen point two points per game. That's pretty but, solid. But the offense isn't very good, and they've had the same quarterback for the last what three four years. You've had Plummer and O'Connell there for what like five years in a row. Yeah, in their in their they first first game of the season they put up thirty against Oregon State, which you're like okay. Put up 49 against Connecticut. Well, congratulations. Give yourself a silver star for that. But then reality struck, Scott, and they've scored 13 points, like I said, three weeks in a row against Notre Dame, Illinois, and Minnesota. Illinois, though? Yeah. Really? I was going to say, well, Notre Dame, good defense, but the other two teams, not exactly known for their lockdown defense, right? Minnesota lost to Bowling Green. That's what I'm saying. Remember Bowling Green? It was a massacre. As far as Iowa goes... We know about their defense. The, a little bit of the glimmer came off last week against Penn State. Penn State had a good first half against them. But well, other, be real. They got, they got bailed out because Clifford died. Yeah, uh, that's and, and that's certainly true. So Penn State may have been able to go on and put up, what, 30 in that game? I think Penn State would have won the game. I think there's a very good possibility that's true. I think that's, that's as they... But I'm going to ask you. Yes. Now, of course, since they are competing in the Big Ten west with purdue and with wisconsin wisconsin's having a down year they do have a bye week next week leading into the wisconsin game is there a chance after the penn state win with the storming of the field and now you have a bye week up next is this a potential look at spot for the bye or do you think they just go into this because i do think there might be a little bit of a hangover of we won arguably one of the biggest games in program history within the last decade and change you I think that's possible. I think, you know, I like the fact that Ference is a veteran coach and shouldn't fall victim to that kind of thing. The, the, the I always bring up the food for thought. I know. You know, it's a good point. I don't know about a look ahead for a buy though. You know, I just yeah. I, I don't I don't think there's it's, it's more it's more just the of a letdown spot. Of the hangover yeah. from that comeback and everything that had to happen for you to win that game at home against Penn State. Yeah, I could see that. And the fact that it's a, another home game, I think that's helpful. If it was a road mm-hmm. game, I'd be a lot more worried. Uh, I'm with you. I think the play of this game is the under. Yeah. As for the side, you know, Iowa, 
they've been playing with fire a little bit. Um, I like Purdue plus the points. I think it's too many points. Yeah, I just Purdue at a buy as well. They had an extra week to prep for this. Yeah, it's really tough to like the favorite. Sorry to interrupt. It's really tough to like the favorite laying double digits when the total's forty three. Yes, and especially when we're both absolutely convinced it's going to go under the total. Yeah, it just doesn't leave much room for error. It's kind of a again threading the needle situation. Well, can we just acknowledge Purdue probably is the better quarterback in this matchup? Yeah, I'm really not a peach a, P, a Petrus guy. No, no, agreed. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the points with Purdue. I don't I don't think there's any kind of I don't think it's a letdown spot or anything like that. I just think that I don't think Iowa's 12 points better than Purdue. That's what it just that's what it comes down to for me. I see 2013. Yeah, I think that's that's right in the wheelhouse. 2013, 2014, 17, 13, something like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Number one team in the country, Scott, Georgia Bulldogs, 23-point home favorites to Kentucky, 44-and-a-half. Well, you talk about a problem covering 12 points at a line with 43-and-a-half. Can I interest you in 23 points at 44-and-a-half? I actually like this Kentucky team, but I'm taking Georgia. It's really a number that sounds about right with the total and everything like that. But Georgia's just a world beater. Number 11, Kentucky, by the way. I, don't, I think I gave them short yeah. shrift. They're, they're very good. But Georgia, we can agree right now it's Georgia and everyone else. I'll back the best team in the country. They've been mauling people. So I'm just I'm just looking here. So that puts that puts Kentucky's number somewhere in the neighborhood of eleven and a half for a team total. You mean Kentucky? That's what I, I said Kentucky. I think you said Georgia. Kentucky's team total over eleven and a half, right in that right in that neighborhood, right? Uh, I'm assuming so, but team totals points. also have some liberties involving the overall total, so you might see it at like thirteen. Yeah, I just well, you know, honestly, from ten and a half to thirteen doesn't really make a ton of difference, you know. No, ten and a half to twelve and a half. I don't think right now though. I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be thirteen. I think I think it'll be twelve and a half at the most because thirteen is kind of the key number there. Yeah, I've got to play. I've got to play Georgia, but I just I don't believe Kentucky's only going to score. I think they're going to score less than two touchdowns. I like eleven and a half. By the way. Why do you even doubt me, buddy? I don't know. <laughs> I keep you on your toes. I know. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Georgia, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to play the over. I think Kentucky scores 14. How about that? Okay. And uh, I like the over also because I think Georgia offensively is better than people realize. Yeah. The defense is nuts, and the defense can score a couple of touchdowns by themselves. Yep. But whatever quarterback they even use, they've been really, really good. This team is sick. Yeah, I see something. I see something along the lines of like 30, 37 or uh, or uh, 40, 41, 17, somewhere in that neighborhood. I see thirty eight, fourteen. So okay. we're kind of close to it. All right, very good. All right, bud. That's gonna do it. Uh, wrap up our top twenty five previews. We have some disagreement, probably less than usual. Of course, there's again less teams in action than a normal week. So, well, we got we. Uh, talked about this before we went on air. Yep. We'll reiterate this one. For the overall card, I'm not afraid to say it. Not great. It's not a great card for college football this week. No, probably probably my least favorite card um of the college of the college season, especially once conference starts up. Yeah. A lot of teams on by in the top twenty five. Yep, agreed. All right. So we uh gave our records earlier. It is time for our three favorite picks, and here we go. Get ready for our 5,000-star whale play. Fade the public sharks one million unit lock of the century. All right, Scott, I'll allow you to say it. Losers walk. Losers walk. So here we go. Going to start off, Scott, one a little close to your heart as the Army Black Knights Take on the Wisconsin Badgers up there from Camp Randall. Take the under, you coward. <laughs> 38 and a half is the total. You know what? I would, except Army can actually score some points. I know Wisconsin does well against the run. 
but doing well against the run and doing well against the triple option. Two different things. I think Army keeps it close because Wisconsin, again, they are definitely offensively impaired. This is a great, well, this is a better, a better than average Army defense. How about that? I'll take Army plus the 14. Don't get behind early. I can't believe it. You're telling me you don't want to lay 14 with Graham Mertz, a quarterback? Not a chance, buddy. Not a chance. Okay. So looking at my first one, it's going to be a money line play. And it's a team that I've been pretty high on over the last week and change. I've told you about this off the air. I'm looking at Ball State taking on Eastern Michigan. And I like Ball State on the money line at minus 118 on on Fox Bet. Ball State started off the year terribly. They got killed at a conference and then everything changed with the Army game. They beat Army by 12 and then they face off against Western Michigan and absolutely took them behind the woodshed. And Western Michigan, pretty good MAC team. Beat Pittsburgh on the road, for example. That team's actually pretty good. And Ball State really had no issues. I think this Ball State team is starting to click, kind of like how the MAC champions did last year. But you look at Eastern Michigan, team is four and two. But the four wins came against St. Francis, Texas State, UMass, and Miami, Ohio. And the Miami, Ohio win came by one point. So Eastern Michigan has been beating up on a lot of the weaker teams, but against teams that are either above their skill level or close to it, they pretty much no-showed. And Ball State has won each of the last two meetings. I just think this Ball State team that won the conference title last year and brought basically everybody back is just the more talented team. I think this line's too low. Give me the money line of minus 118. All right. My second pick is going to be a game that we discussed earlier from the Big 12, and that is going to be Texas. And I've got Texas right here, minus three and a half over Oklahoma State. This is without question my favorite play. In the top 25 this week, we laid out all the reasons before. Uh, they all still apply for this one. Give me the long horns. Horns up this week, Scott. Minus the three and a half. So for this one, I'm not sure if you were going to give out a play on the game you're going to, but if not, I did. So you can see what happens here. I'm looking at the A&M Missouri game. And because it's me and I like to be difficult, I'm taking another first quarter bet. And I like the first quarter over 13 and a half points at minus 105 on DraftKings. You're looking at Missouri. And I mentioned how bad the defense was and how good the offense is. Each of Missouri's first six games this season have had at least 14 points in the first quarter. Each of Texas A&M's last two games have had at least 17 points in the first quarter. And that's pretty difficult to do to get 17 points in a first quarter because you need at least three scores there. But you're looking at the offenses. A&M with Calzada clicked last week. Missouri's averaging 37.8 points per game. And Missouri, with, the, with that 37 points per game, ranks in 94th in time of possession. They love to go up-tempo. They play no defense. 13 and a half Missouri's six and zero to the overs I said before in the first quarter I think you'll see at least 14 points in the first 15 minutes give me the first quarter over 13 and a half all right well Scott you thought you have any thoughts because you're going to that game I'm not trying to complete the triple Lindy here Scott I'm just going to take Texas A&M minus okay. the uh nine is let me see if I can find an eight and a half anywhere in this one but uh I'll help you look quickly. Uh, no, I see a 10. So enjoy the nine while you oh, can. That's not, oh, I do see, I do see an eight and a half at DraftKings, buddy. Eight and a half at, oh, eight and a half offshore, eight and a half at Pinnacle. Yep, yep, I'm taking eight and a half. Okay. I'm laying eight in the hook, brother. That's a, that's a right shell move right there. I saw a line seven months it's, ago. It's a move. I saw a line seven months ago that was a half point less. I'm taking that one. Listen, you can roast me all you want. Oh, I I'm will all about the half point line value, man. I understand. I just i i don't question i don't question your value. I question your timing sometimes. I saw okay. that one on Monday night. And that's what we're going with. All right, here we go. Give me your number third, number three pick. So for this one, I'm looking at another SEC matchup, and it involves one of the worst teams in the country, Vanderbilt against South Carolina, and I'm taking Vanderbilt team total under. 16 and a half at minus 110 on DraftKings. Vanderbilt has played two conference games this season. It has been outscored 104 to zero. They've played Georgia and Florida. Now those teams are a lot better than South Carolina, but 104 to nothing. Are you out of your mind? 
I mean, you're looking at Vanderbilt. They're only averaging 13.3 points per game. South Carolina has, has played two home games against FBS teams this season. Gave up 14 points to Troy. I think Troy is comparable to Vanderbilt offensively. Only gave up 16 to Kentucky. That impresses me. I think Kentucky is actually a pretty good team. But Vanderbilt has also scored less than 15 points in five of the last six meetings. This Vanderbilt team, they can't even hit a field goal in conference play right now. 16 and a half. I got to take the under there for a team total. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that that's a solid play to be sure. I don't I don't hate that at all. So yeah, very good. All right. Well, let's recap. I've got the Army plus fourteen against Wisconsin. I've got the Texas Longhorns minus three and a half over Oklahoma State, and I've got the Texas A and M Aggies minus eight and a half as I go to sit in person at my alma mater to cheer for the opposition. That'll be a great time. Yep. And for me, I'm taking Ball State Moneyline at minus 118 on Foxbet. I'm taking Texas A&M Missouri first quarter over 13 and a half at minus 105 on DraftKings. And I'm taking Vandy team total under 16 and a half at minus 110 on DraftKings. All right. Good luck to you and good luck to all of our listeners and viewers. We appreciate you guys stopping by. Any final thoughts, Scott? Uh, I'm looking forward to better college football cards in the next couple weeks. There you go. All right. Well, a lot of teams should be in action again next week, so we'll be looking forward to that. And we'll be looking forward to chatting with you guys again. As, as always, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being part of the show. We do appreciate the effort. And don't forget to ch- check us out each and every day as we do our thing right here in this same space. And for me and for Scott, you guys have a great day. Good luck on all your plays. And we'll see you next time on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.